I'm very happy to to see you again and to connect with you. Yeah, um, oh. Mm. Mm. The reason the reason why I reached out in the first place is because um I I just want to connect with people online and bring the community together. You were showing me um the the New Zealanders that have a, a spirit fest all on yeah, yeah. all live and it's actually just amazing yeah. to see the people that are taking initiative to to get together online even when we can't be um there in person and i know yeah. your your spirit is is very um gifted in that way that you you like to find ways to connect people and um i just want to for you to share a little bit of what you've been up to and also talk a little bit about your store that you have your new crystal store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I I suppose I've been up to quite a lot because um you know, I'm very fortunate that where I'm stuck is or not I suppose stuck is the wrong way of saying it, but where I have been privileged to spend my personal retreat time is also the place and the land where I have my shop. Mm-hmm. Um so the the one uh, thing that I'm busy with at the moment is uh, building a pathway to the shop. And so some of the people that had visited the shop before now had gone to the left um whereas now they must go to the right and so I'm really excited because uh, there's a tree that we've got a river on the property and we do beautiful ceremonies with the with the mandao and all of that at, at the river and uh, we were gifted with a willow that had fallen over um and you know so for for me with the the druidic side of and the you know the european ancestral side uh, willow you know and in many cultures the willow is the grandmother um and so uh, what the, what she spoke to me about was that uh, something that would be really really important as as a way for people to come into the space um is to to have the honoring of the grandmother and the grandfather as you enter because um you know as much as it is a crystal shop the intention for the space is more in the line of a, a temple of self and so you know i'm very blessed with the crystals that they enable a really beautiful network because when people go on the journey into the self or the spiritual path one of the first things that people get attracted to is the gemstones um because it's a uh, very well marketed and and you know they're very beautiful so it really calls people in very easily um and it is it's something that's really publicly available you know uh, if you're not for example the the tradition that we work with um is unless you are born in that culture and unless you really ha- have been guided to it by spirit there's real really no way of just accessing it off the bat like there's very there's very few or maybe not as much public knowledge um where you can just walk into uh, in Ndumba and go and see a sangoma unless you have the know-how and so with the gemstones if you're interested in gemstones or any kind of a magic then all you do is google and and it brings up many many different shops in Johannesburg and around the world and so mm. it's always been uh, it's my passion and it's my truth but it is also a, a gateway point for so many many people 
And so the pathway is very special because on the left-hand side, they've asked um, at the entrance for there to be an altar on both the left and the right-hand side. And the left-hand side will be for the grandmothers. And that pathway will be lined with the willow branches that have fallen down from, you know, as this tree has fallen down. Um, and uh, unfortunately, with the father side of the grandfather, there's a lot more work that needs to be done. So they've asked that because we've got a lot of really big acacias on the property. They've asked that uh, the right-hand side of the path is laid with acacia branches that I, I have been <laughs> cutting down myself. Um, and it's it's really you know I'm not a I, I've got I've got one of these, um, and it it does not well, translate into like, this. So it's been a really beautiful like. Say it again. You've got six packs and guns. I've got six packs and guns exactly, and they shoot noodles and and stuff <laughs> like that. You know, they they shoot lovely cakes and delicious sweeties. Mm. Um, yeah. So the the whole labor of cutting the trees uh, to lay the right hand side of the path has been really really interesting. And um, something that happened to me last week was really really a beautiful experience because um, uh, the rapport with the stones I'm really familiar with. You know, I. I I acknowledge that there is a consciousness to it and I acknowledge that there is some kind of a presence and a, you know an access point or an anchor point of some kind of an energy that we work with but um, from a mental perspective I see this in the trees and the plants as well but not necessarily you know it's not a relationship that I necessarily treasure or honor as much as I do with the stones and so what was happening was I was busy digging out um, some really invasive plants for uh, this new pathway and, and it's really like a weed that takes over and it kills all the indigenous stuff and so I was taking it out and and you know the the spirit of the trees speaks very clearly to me when I listen and they were yeah. saying you know please be very careful because um, you know you're hurting us while you're taking this this invasive invasive plant out and I you know I didn't acknowledge that and so what ended up happening was I, I, I had been doing it for three days and I was really tired and so I started hacking at this uh, invasive plant and mm. it kept hitting the other trees as well and, and so they said you know um, Kulu we've asked you very very nicely please just bear in mind and, and this thing came in me it wasn't a conscious thought but this perspective rose in me and said no don't worry the, the suffering will end you know you will grow back and you will heal through the process and yeah. um, <laughs> It was really, you know, the way that it works sometimes is so beautiful because what ended up happening was the next hack that I took with the spade, the handle got grabbed by the tree and it got flung up into the air and it actually plucked me on the back of the head. Um, so I actually, last week, I cut, I cut the back of my head open um, with the spade and it was so... <laughs> so, and you know, I don't know if, if anybody's ever had like a head wound, you'll know that the, the blood is immense. Um, so that was a good moment to just breathe and come into myself and uh, it was really amazing because I went to the clinic to go get it seen to and as I'm sitting and waiting <laughs> I just feel this laughter and this joy coming from the trees um, you know saying that you know don't don't worry my brother it, it the suffering will end soon and it you'll grow you'll grow and you'll you know and it, my hair is such a special thing to me that I, they had to shave like a patch at the back of my head. And so now they, they, were, they were like, yeah, don't worry, your branches will go back and cool. It's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so, so like it, the whole, the whole point of the story like that is because, uh, you know, this place is a shop that you can buy stones and you can buy spiritual paraphernalia and so on. But um, at the end of the day, 
it is not the tools that we use to access spirit it's the tools that provides the i suppose the format or the platform through which we can engage with spirit and the lessons that it has for us you know they have for us and so as much as it is my uh, gift to the world to open up the space to be able to share and co-create within it's also my own personal work because as much as you know now I'm building this pathway to for people to walk into the space I'm also creating a road through which my ancestors and myself can enter into the place yeah. and the space you know not place because it is a it's a space um yeah, I, I can. I, am I okay just waffling? Because I can just waffle. Oh, uh, you like this? It's beautiful. I just, I just want yeah. to point out the the beauty of your your storytelling and and the meaning behind each thing that you do, and that's also why I want you to to explain more about your shop because, like you're saying, now it's not just it's not just a shop, and it's not just about the crystals, um, and that's and that's kind of where I would like to go is that deeper meaning. So I yeah. appreciate you sharing that story, but um, okay. let us let us kind of talk a little bit about uh, how you first got into a rapport with stones and how, for you specifically, it opened up that doorway to spirits. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we've got years, my brother. So you know, we we will get there. But I'll but, think I'll think what I can start with. You know, I think uh, probably when I was a child, there weren't so many like open crystal shops. I think anybody growing up in South Africa, uh, you know, has a fond memory or anybody that resonates with crystals and gemstones has a fond memory of digging in a scratch patch somewhere. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, and, you know, it's just, yeah, so, you know, um, for me, I have memories of that. And, and I always, when I was young, I always had this, um, real uh, attraction towards discovering uh, treasure within the earth. So as a child, I wanted to be an archaeologist or a geologist. And so it's it's so beautiful to see how my journey has unfolded because both archaeology and geology are really relevant to, you know, the, the shamanic or the sangoma or the druidic path that I walk because it is this resonance and attraction towards the ancient world and the knowing of what once was. Um, or a desire to rediscover what once was and also uh, uh, and knowing that there is a deep connection within me into the earth and so uh, probably the most prevalent story that really pulled me into it was um, when I was in school I used to, when I was in high school we I used to show dogs um, dog yeah. shows and uh, you know groom the dogs and run them around beautifully and so on and there's this competition that they have for uh, 13 to 18 year olds where you basically compete as a handler of the dog to present it best um, and the winner of this goes to the UK to a show called Crafts to represent uh, our country and so what ended up happening was I was a little bit of a foolish skateboarding kid um, all on the wild side um, I used to play games like Magic the Gathering so I was always uh, like attracted to these other dimensional beings and you know all of this other stuff and so what ended up happening was I, I fell off the side of a, a, a two-story or the first level of a two-story building um, doing some skateboard tricks and I basically uh, shattered all of the bones in my left ankle and tore all of the muscles as well and my right ankle was also quite badly injured but uh, not as badly and now this was uh, probably about three months away from this national competition which I'd qualified for and I was you know I was the pick of the competition so to speak so I was I was likely going to win it and um, 
you know, we went to the hospital and they said, listen, um, unfortunately, you probably won't be able to walk for six months. Um, and, you know, that uh, with such a big opportunity on the line, it really wasn't going to crack it. And uh, so what ended up happening was a friend of my mother's who does Reiki um, and she works with crystals as well. Uh, she said to my mom, no, bring him around and we'll do some Reiki work on him, uh, you know, twice a week maybe and we'll see how it goes. And, um, you know, believe it or not, uh, probably about a month and a half in, six weeks, yeah. I was running. You know, I was, I was quite strong on painkillers, um, yeah. but I was running, you know, and the doctors said that I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk for six months. Yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, so the, the thing for me, what it did was it actually opened my mind to the possibility that um, you know that the magic is real. You know, I feel like there's a lot of theoretical practice in uh, when people first get onto the path, or even late into the path, they kind of uh, it gets into the mind a lot, especially with the crystals, because people read the books and they want to understand what the properties of the stone are, and they want to understand the the knowledge of it rather than the knowing of it. And um, mm. so it really opened me up to the fact that people really need to understand that the magic is real. You know, the sci-fi, not, um, not the sci-fi, the fantasy stories that we all read growing up and all of these games and so forth, it is real. And um, it, is, it is really within our grasp. And that was, the crystals was the first thing that showed me that. Um, something, another story that later affirmed it was, um, so with my Twasa, uh, what what happened with my lineage is that uh, I, I don't know if it's the same with everybody, but you have to get permission from both sides of your family to do the work because you know your mother and your father are the living carriers of your ancestral line, and so my mother has always been very connected uh, to this type of stuff. My grandmother was very in tune; she was a channel and and so forth. But uh, my father is a is a veterinarian, and and he didn't buy into any of this. And so what ended up happening was, I, after coming back from spending some time in Soweto with my Gobela, um, I said to her, you know, my father's not going to give permission. He doesn't even believe in God. You know, what is he going to, how is he going to let me go and live with Africans in a village and learn about, you know, African magic? And um, so she said, no, no, pray, pray. And they will give, you know, your ancestors will give you the opportunity to learn and do the things that you need to do. And so I, I prayed at, uh, at her Makosini and then we went on the mountain and we prayed. And I got home that, you know, that uh, end of that weekend. And uh, my mom and my dad worked in the clinic together. And so I went into the clinic just to greet them because I hadn't been home in a while. And there was a lady in the clinic and uh, she had a dog that had basically slipped a disc in its spine and it was paralyzed. And uh, she'd been to two or three other vets and all of those vets had said, listen, um, the, we can't do anything for the dog. Please just put it down and put it out of its misery. It's, it's really suffering. Um, my father said the same thing. And this lady was obviously in a real state because it was a young dog. It wasn't, she wasn't ready for it to part. Um, and so I'm so grateful for the dog to allow me for the situation. Um, but I said to the woman, you know, listen, this is what I do. I've done a course in crystal healing. I've done a course in Reiki. And now I'm busy being initiated as a traditional healer. Would you allow me to use my medicine or my magic on this dog to see if, what we can do? And um, it was really, really amazing because the, you know, end of the line, this lady's going to lose the dog already anyway. And so she yeah. decided to give me the opportunity to do it. And um, basically what ended up happening was the first uh, big amethyst cluster I ever got or was inspired to get um, or to bring into the work 
um, I put in uh, in like a small pen for the dog so that it couldn't move around too much and I sat with the dog every day and I prayed and I did some Reiki work on it and I did work with the crystals did a little bit of crystal massage on it on its back and uh, probably three weeks later the dog was not paralyzed anymore uh, it didn't have a limp it didn't have any issues and uh, you know I think about six months after that the lady brought the dog around again and you know there was no trace of anything and so uh, those pardon it's amazing yeah the, the, that's why I say the magic is really really real and I don't think people uh, really grasp it because we get a stone and we bring this into our lives and we accept that it's got some kind of a transformational effect but the real um, quantitative experience that one can have with the crystal is there if you're willing to open yourself up to that level of belief and, and uh, dedication to the practice. And so, you know, those, those I, I suppose those are, there's so many stories of things that really just affirm within me that the path that I'm on is the right path for me um, and, uh, you know, so much excitement in it. But I think those were two uh, real stories that kind of solidly affirmed that the, the working with the crystals uh, is, is where I need to be at. You know, besides my geological interest and the, the intricate beauty that forms from the earth, the, the, you know, the, there is the magic to it as well. Mm. Oh, and yourself, you know, what, what, what got you in? Like, I'd love to know what got you in. Well, well what got me in was the, the crystalline structures of the water. <laughs> Uh, and nutrition yeah. actually that opened up opened up the the innate wisdom within my own body and yeah. I always find the portal to spirit through my own body and and healing it and going through that the, the health journey. So nutrition and cacao was was the way in for me. Okay. No, but I mean with the crystals, because I, I, I know you like crystals as well. So I'm, I've got a very interesting uh, relationship with uh, crystals. When I first started uh, spirituality or, uh, you know, on my journey, um, I was very technical, so mind-oriented, research, doing all of those things. So when you talk about those people, <laughs> they was doing the research wanting to know about what they do. That was me. Uh, because. I don't, I just, I'm just that way inclined and I've been searching for a long time for these spiritual experiences that I, I read online, but mm-hmm. only, only now going through Sangoma and going through everything and all the changes that I, that I, that I'm going, going through, do I realize that this is my spiritual journey and this is how I connect to spirit, which is how I always okay. have. Um, so when so when working with crystals, uh, my I'm a very hardy system. My system is very hardy. I can take um, substances, plants, plant medicines, anything, and I can take it at such a high dose. Only uh, that's only when I I can feel it, you know, see the benefits. So with crystals, my journey has been um, quite interesting. I would buy, I would have a few. Just a select few, and I would I would just carry it around with me all the time. Mm. And fluoride was is the the stone for me, and the one that I worked with the most um, okay. because of that brain orientation, the left and right balancing, and just that 
you know, that optimization that I was looking for and, and helping to, to navigate the, the electromagnetic fields and things. And all I would do is hold a crystal for a long time in my hand. I would take it everywhere where I go. I would drive with it. I'd do any, and it's just a very unconscious thing that, that how I work with the crystals. And, and over time, it, after when I put it down and then I go about my daily life, then I see the changes and I see what, it, what life is without it. And then I know, okay, yeah. those are the lessons. Those are the lessons that it's teaching me. These are the things that it, it helped me in my life because it was very subtle things. So, mm-hmm. so taking, so having it for like a, a whole week and having my normal life, putting it away and then going about my day, I could see the changes and that's how I worked with the crystals and still do sometimes. I haven't worked with any okay. in a while. Mm. But now, I would like, because I know that your relationship is so deep with the, the stones and, and they've taught you many different things, they've whispered some secrets. And I would like to know what secrets they're allowing you to share with the public about, like, what what are the technologies behind, you know, the geometrical structures of the, of the stones and the electromagnetic frequencies that they are... Um, using how does that affect our energy field and how does that affect us in our own life or how does this magic actually work okay that's a that's that's a whole suitcase full of books um <laughs> so the, the the one secret that they that is not so much of a secret and whenever i do a workshop or whenever i do a talk or anything like that the first thing i start with is don't listen to me don't read a book don't do anything other than choose to have a relationship with this thing and so I really appreciate, you know, the alchemist in you and the and the scientist in you is a beautiful uh, anecdote of how people should start to work with crystals because um, it is all about uh, learning to build a relationship with your practice together with this thing because, uh, like, I always, one of the examples I always give is that, you know, the way that you and I communicate and the way that you communicate with your gogo or, you know, your gogo's gogo is very, very, very different. And the, 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 the magic that you bring into the ceremonies, so if you are holding a ceremony, is very, very different to uh, the magic that uh, you would bring into a ceremony if it wasn't you facilitating the ceremony. And so when you look at the books, they, they tell you uh, different properties and different vibrations of the crystals, but they, they work very differently. And, uh, you know, without getting too much into the technical of things, um, you know, for example, uh, a heart healing crystal, something that people always uh, talk about is something like rose quartz. Now, rose quartz is such a beautiful thing because so first, there's, there's many different ways that one can view it. And I feel like you need to set up your belief system to engage with the magic of the stones. I'll go into a little bit about mine afterwards. But so uh, one of the ways that I see that rose quartz works is that people say that rose quartz is for love and for peace. And, you know, this just just chilling. And uh, the thing that's very interesting is that the way that it works is as a teacher is it's not going to just give you those things because no teacher ever just gave you anything. So what they do is they assist in manifesting opportunities in which you can learn how to bring that energy into yourself. So um, 
let's say you are not necessarily happy with your physique, your bo your body weight. Let's say that's a, a, an issue. And what will happen is when you take on to take on the rose quartz, what it'll do is it'll work on your mind and it'll work on your energy field. So you'll you'll come to a little bit of calm about it. But then what it will do is it will manifest these experiences where somebody will actually come up to you and say, "Hey, um, you, you you're getting a bit fat, hey." Uh, and so for me the beautiful thing about crystals is they always allow this opportunity where you can either choose to become the hero of your own story or the victim of your own story and so the rose quartz in that situation what happens is um, if you are not in a victim mentality already you know if you are the observer of your own situation and your own story then you can step away from the reaction to the comment and you can uh, take it in and try to understand what level of personal truth that person is speaking uh, to you with the stone. And so, you know, you can either say, oh, yes, I am a little bit weighty, but it's because I really, really enjoy uh, lavish foods and I really uh, enjoy to not exercise. And I really enjoy to understand that there is a power in, in my body holding that much uh, presence, if that makes sense. Or you could go into the stories of, oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not, um, you know, I need to do more. I need to eat less. You need to, you know, you get all of these rattling things inside your mind. And so what will happen is somebody will buy the crystal and then bad stuff will happen. And then they'll say, oh, you know, this is not for me. And then it ends up in a bowl full of other crystals on yeah. the kitchen table or in the living room or whatever. And so uh, for me, one of the things that I always, another secret, so to speak, that uh, they've told me is that instead of going into a crystal shop, and this is not a marketing tool or anything like that, instead of going into a crystal shop and buying many, many different crystals rather take the combination of the money that you're wanting to spend on all of these things and buy one really good crystal you know why buy something sizable um, so you know something like I, I put this one here because I think it's one of the most understated ones is quartz and so this is a really really nice quartz point and so if anything if you ever have any doubt in terms of what crystal is for you because you know I've worked in many shops and that's what they ask oh, what crystal is for me first it's the astrology second it's this and you know everybody goes into all of these really complicated ways of trying to understand what is for them mm. but rather take some time look around uh, look what calls you you know that whole calling you is a, an attraction to the color the pattern the shape some unexplainable reason as to why you, you you know you just feel a resonance with it and if you can't afford it now don't uh, give into the addictive nature of getting a thing you know, there's the teaching in that opportunity, that moment as well, is to hold on like a squirrel a little bit and save, uh, you know, your save your things until you can get the thing that you need. Because mm -hmm. I find a lot of the time with the crystals, people, uh, there is this uh, magpie mentality in the crystals. Oh, I, I need to get all of these crystals because they're going to help me. Um, and I, I, I see a lot of people wear many, many crystals all over their body, many bracelets, many different things. And, and there's a different technology to that. But also um, something that I would suggest before doing that is to actually get the one and work with the one. Like what you said is take a week with it. Take a week without it. Measure them up see how it affects your energy and then is that's how you learn to use it as a tool you know you you know you learn how to to go to class at the university of the crystalline teachers you know you've taken on this course don't take on 10 other courses at once because i promise you're not going to deal with the workload focus here and then move forward with it yeah um and so uh, something that's really really interesting is that uh, around this type of, of subject is with 
uh, my shop, uh, it's on a, it's a double story, it's lifted up in the air, and next to it I'm busy digging an underground meditation room. And uh, what you said something about how you like to go through your body, your own body, to find your truth. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier about something that really doesn't resonate with a lot of people in terms of churches is that that they feel like there must be a median a medium between you and God. You know, there must be something in between you and spirit that will help you to translate that. And so something that they've said to me is that through this, uh, di- you know, this diversifying of going up to get the stones and going down into the earth to get our truth and they explained that you know we don't take our truth from the stones and we don't take our healing from the stones there are companions that work with us through the process and it is a technology and so they, they said go make a space for people to go and get their answers from the ground and before they come to shop in your shop let them go and sit and discover if they have their own truth to their answers and then come up so go to spirit go go to the most high to access this because that's where we need to hold them we don't need to hold them as a rock we don't need to hold them as a just this thing that we take from the earth for our own benefit we take it from the heavens through the earth for a co-creative benefit for all Mm. Um, and 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 uh, you said something about the the technology of crystals, and like I say, there's so many different uh, ways that you can go about it. Because so something that might resonate with you is the the mineral side of it, and so you understand that through your nutritional practices, there are various different kinds of minerals inside. You know, so uh, a quartz crystal is silicon dioxide. Um, uh, there's many different other crystals, and and let's say uh, you have. Uh, an ailment and you would take uh, let's say lithium supplements I don't know what that would be for Um, but there are crystals that contain lithium inside Um, and that when you work through that crystals uh, crystal all of those minerals are in us even when we have a deficiency that vibrational atom is still within us and so when you connect with the stone by some people will put it in the water like what you were saying about the structuring of, of water people will put certain crystals in the water to drink the energy of it like that people will lay it on their body and do various different things but there is a communication between the atoms in the crystal and within us and that builds it up again um, for me I, I the one of the things that I really really appreciate is that when I went to New Zealand um, they their sacred space uh, for the traditional or the indigenous people there is called a marae and so the marae is like a building that serves as a temple like a church it serves as a community hall it serves as a, a room for meetings for all different types of things funerals weddings etc and um, I was very blessed with the opportunity to go to um, two marais in a sacred place called Waikari Moana and it's uh, something like 144,000 acres of na- native bush. Most of the trees are like 100,000 to 500,000 years old. It's an ancient place. And um, the marae there, that the main marae that we went to was called Waimoku. And it was so beautiful because uh, it's, a, it's a really famous marae in New Zealand. And standing outside the front, they have this head of a tiki, which is like a warrior spirit on the top of the entrance. And it was so, the place was so run down and it was like had moss growing on it and paint was peeling. And I kind of stood there and I took a moment and I said, um, you know, my brother, because they believe this is a living entity. It's not just a building. There is a being that is the building that we enter into. And I said, my brother, um, why, uh, if you are such a sacred and renowned place, uh, do you look so shabby? And uh, the, the building came back straight back to me. The tiki says to me, my brother, 
if you could see the truth of my essence, you would not say that. Don't come into the space as you are and see the reflection of, of yourself through me and say that it looks shabby. Look at yourself first. Come to, your, come, uh, come to a higher level of truth within yourself and then come to look. And so I sat down and I took a meditation and, and I just connected to the highest perspective of the self, uh, of this building self. And it was, uh, it, it was reminiscent of Valhalla, you know, these huge golden halls made of gold and everything is shining, beautiful carvings and crystals and, and magnificent. And so it was really beautiful because when you go inside of a marae, the central pillar, they have something that's right through the middle called a po. And it's got these really beautiful patterns on it, which is really, really psychedelic. Mm. And um, what was explained to me by the, the spirit of the place was that this building was just one level of this building that existed in multiple different levels. And so depending on your vibration, depending on your expanded consciousness, that is the, the reality at which you access this building. And so when you are in a very high vibrational state, you come into this reality of this place that is something very, very different to what everybody else is experiencing. And so whilst we are all in the co-creative reality, we are all on different levels of experiencing it. And there's also different levels of ourselves because this Po, that like I try to make it in a, in a three-dimensional understandable way by saying, imagine each one is a different floor. And that pole is the elevator that goes through all of them. And so for us, we are the same. We have a, an elevator that goes through the core of our being all the way to the central sun that is God or the creation itself, all the way down into the manifestation, which is earth, the core of the earth. And that pillar holds all of the energy that, ex that is the expression of us, but expressed in all of these different forms. And mm. excuse me, so what was such an amazing teaching through that was that crystals are the same thing. That crystals are the physical embodiment of an, a full array of energies, a full different level of, of spectrum. So, you know, an amethyst would contain the vibration of the violet ray and hold that violet purple spectrum. And so you could use that, like I said earlier, as an access point or an anchor point in this level of your experience or your consciousness to access the different uh, levels of the amethyst energy. Um, or even uh, use that as a way of accessing the different levels of yourself. You know, you create this communication between something that is constantly in pure connection within all of its different dimensional expressions um, and uh, connect to that form of yourself there. And so uh, it's a really, really beautiful thing because what ends up happening is that it's not necessarily about trying to create perfection in this self it's about understanding that you have the ability to navigate all of the different levels of yourself and so the right and the wrong disappears because all of it is simultaneously happening um, and you're just able to you know kind of step in and out through these different kinds of tools hmm. yeah and so so uh, part of my work on the land is uh, in maori they also have something that they call and it's something that I, I really appreciate in terms of the stones because something people say a lot of the time is that you don't own a crystal you know you're just the guardian of it or you're just you, it's just with you for now because many people that have stones or work with stones know that they travel and they go and they disappear and you gift them and there's all of these different dynamics and so um, as a kaitiaki the meaning of the word is a protector and a guardian 
you are the keeper of sacred wisdom in essence so you are the keeper of this thing and so for me i consider myself a kaitiaki of crystals and and anybody else that resonates with them whether you give your life to it or not you are a protector of that energy and so uh, with creating the space that i that i'm working on creating it is uh, it, it is one of those levels like the level that a marae has you know it is a gateway point an access point where i uh, choose to have the responsibility of being the kaitiaki and and working together with the crystals to allow it to be a very high vibrational energy dense space where people can come in and access those different levels of themselves um and and so that's why i really love to work with the crystal grids because the crystal grids create such a dense and present vibration in the third dimensional perspective that even those that are very skeptical of uh, crystalline energies and all of that type of stuff can come into the space and have that experience because not just the fact that these crystals have a presence but also because it's actually allowing them to tap into a different dimensional perspective of themselves where that knowing already exists mm. beautiful beautiful wow the so spirit of stone that's that's your shop right yeah and that's yeah. that's what you're creating you're not creating just a store where you're selling crystals it's a place for people to really get to connect to who they are and understand yeah. the tools and technologies of what you of what the stones bring and also their own spirit yeah exactly so you know so uh, the the space itself is uh, the spirit of stone is the beginning side of it because that's where my heart sits so it's something that i am able to do my love whilst i bring uh, everything else together yeah. um so um spirit of stone it, it, i do retail and then i do wholesale as well so i do a bit of exporting and so the the main reason with that is is that with a lot of the concepts that i'd like to bring into play the you know there's not a, a real ability to create that abundance in another way and so we've got kind of this contract with the earth spirits and the energy of the crystals to uh, that they manifest themselves in a way that allows me to bring that abundance in um so it's really just uh, the beginning of a gateway you know the gateway that allows the energy to flow into the space mm-hmm. um part of the real passion exists in the fact that uh, you know cohabitation is a very very important thing especially you know uh, in a place or actually in the world because you know we have the rainbow nation here but i feel like people uh, it's the whole world that has become kind of uh, galactic in its connections you know we're not just earth species anymore there's many different forms of consciousness choosing to experience on this plane and so i would like to bring as much of that as i can together in a way that you know that doesn't uh, you know make us scared because many people look at a shaman you know let's say the 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 reiki people or the energy healing people they will look at shamanic traditions and there's a lot of fear behind that so there's no integration of the practices because they say oh that's you know witchy boo boo stuff i don't really want to get involved with that so it's really about demystifying the practices so sangoma for example uh, i grew up in the northern suburbs of johannesburg and uh, as a you know young white man uh, and you know most people that i know or growing new growing up have no idea what that is because our our only real source when you're disconnected from the interaction of it is things like the daily sun which uh, you know has headlines like snake uh, raped me in my sleep and, and you know when when this is the public information that's given to people about what it is to be a sangoma then uh, there's only fear generated by it 
And so uh, the, the real uh, gift is that with stones, because there are many, many, many different traditions, not just spiritual, but also uh, religious, you know, Christianity, if you look at the Pope, he wears a big amethyst ring and he's got a big amethyst necklace. When you look at Hindu uh, uh, culture or Muslim culture, all of these different uh, religions and human culture everywhere in the world uses crystals in some kind of a way for some kind of a spiritual purpose. Um, it's, it's really, when you get to the roots of it, it's really generally not just for aesthetics. And so it's a beautiful gateway to allow uh, all of those different paths to come together in a space out of the mutual interest or mutual attraction or resonance with one thing and come to share it together. Um, because, they, because, you know, we're all talking about the same type of thing at the end of the day. You know, it's not necessarily uh, all exactly the same, but we're all uh, talking about the same stuff just in our own different languages. And so the whole purpose is to de demystify these things that create fear in others in their respective paths so that there can be a cultural integration. Um, so that, you know, uh, I don't walk in the street and people sometimes say, you know, you're a white man, white people don't do this uh, ancestor stuff, they do church. And yeah. so, you know, the whole, uh, I suppose, education of people to understand that we are all the same. And when we die, we do not have color. We do not necessarily have specific culture. And so we all come from that place and we all go to that place. So why is there such a deep segregation in this place? If, you know, we start together and we end together, why are we not together here? Yeah, so I'm very blessed that uh, the, the crystals have allowed me to begin that type of work. Yeah, and it's amazing, you know, so it's, it's what is called for during this time of coming back yeah. together, coming back to unity. Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, that's why it's called the alchemy of remembrance, is because we're all just coming to remember who we truly are. And when we can, when we can start to to know that that's that's the goal, and we start to remember who we are, there is that sense of knowing who we are, and that connection between who we are. And through that connection, we are able to connect with others, whether they're um, in a different religion, in a different tradition, you know. And that's yeah. and it's a beautiful thing. So I'm grateful. And I, and I bless yeah. you as you continue to go on your journey, because um, I know it's going to continue to expand and expand, and many people are going to be coming, congregating to your place to, to learn those truths. Oh, I, I, what venue is I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. So is the shop open? You did have a grand opening um, at the beginning of the year, right? Um, so I think we've been essentially open just over a month. Uh, we did it on the 22nd of February. Um, it was a really, really beautiful day. We brought in many different uh, traditions and cultures and we shared the magic with all of those that chose to came to come. Um, you know, so it, it really was a beautiful day. And so we've been open for just over a month. And obviously the, with the current situation, there's not uh, much opportunity for that. Yeah. Um, but it is an opportunity for this, which is really, really great. And I guess it's also opportunity to, for you to continue building and growing. growing exactly. Well. exactly. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of time for pottering because obviously whilst uh, the shop is open, I, you know, I have to really be present in the space itself or at least you know, not too distant from the space. And so there's a lot of things that really need to come together so that when I'm open again, I can sit and do little bits and pieces of this and that. 
You know, I wanna I wanted to talk about something that you spoke about a while back and I just want to point on the amazingness of the teachers that crystals are. Because of that yes. that idea you said where people they they have this thing about them where they where they have to buy the crystals and they have to have this and they have to have this for their own growth. And I just think it's such an a <laughs> such a funny paradox that um, the crystals have um, brought us because it's it is this it's material and it comes mm. in the most beautiful form that Mother Earth can ever create. It's just this precious, beautiful um, being that that we're all yes. just attracted to and, and it really brings that out of us that that other side of desire and and yep. that's already a, right there is the beginning teachings that um, the crystals bring is that how what is our relationship to desire and attachment to things and and I've always you know there are people that talk about the the stones that break their own stones and and the, the transformation that they have to go through because of this like tragedy but it was actually like a, a big teaching, you know, <laughs> and non attachment, yeah. Yeah, and I just, I, I really um, give such reverence and respect to to teachers like this and teachers like Kakao, Ish Kakao. I think they work very similarly in that subtle areas of our lives, um, you know, the the very essence of how we interact with the world is is how we do anything is how we do everything and that's what they try to teach us and mm -hmm. um, because you know I think also we, we tend to also want to go to these lavish experiences and these big spiritual awakenings and for, for us to break through but but to have those experience and then bring it into the real world can be challenging and sometimes often yeah. But with the crystals and Ishkakal, things things uh, work a little bit differently and, and more gracefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we know that from our experience with with our work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. So it's an yeah. it's an amazing journey, and I, I really appreciate that um, you're able to share it and, and open up that space. Like I cannot tell you how much from my heart, sincerely. How amazing it is, um, and I wish to be there someday to be able to see. Oh, it. one day! Yeah. Oh, when the time is right, we'll make yeah, you sing from the roof. Either. Yeah, and sisters moved me from Joburg, so I guess I'll be there when they call me again. Of course, of course. Where are you now? Are you in you in Durban or in Cape Town? Cape Town now. Okay. I well, when when the box art is done, you, you there's a place called Rimpas Mark. Uh huh. It's on. Namibia from you and that it's really really beautiful place I don't did I tell you about the three different kinds of fluorite from there no oh, so, so you were just saying that fluorite is one of your favorites and fluorite is also one of my favorites because um, this place in which is called Rimfas Mark there's uh, there's three different valleys type of thing or three different spaces and in each space the fluorite forms differently so the one has cubic the one has octahedronal and the one has got uh, betroidal, which is balls. And so it's exactly the same mineral uh, in, you know, the, the, the kilometers between them is not really big enough to have 
you know that big of an impact in terms of geological formation but the the, the vibration of that exact mineral in this one place is a cube and here is an octahedron and here is a sphere wow. and so that's it it's definitely worth it and the, it's a beautiful beautiful place there's some really beautiful stuff for your for the for your ancestors yeah. out that side as well yeah mm. well i'd love to check those out those um poly the geometrical structures but the only sure. issue then is that <laughs> i've got to really keep it safe <laughs> It's something about me and my ancestors that I really I use something till it's like really uh, you know transformed and I really use it with um, force and so maybe I must because I know the fluorite also is a big teacher of that because it's so easily chipped um, and yeah, breaks and the, the perfect structures always get damaged so it also is a good teacher for me to uh, learn to work with grace. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. But it's, uh, it's amazing. And the other thing that I um, worked with crystals for is is um, making a energetic grid for my for myself. Yeah. And okay. I guess it's also tapping into the Atlantic technologies of of working with the different uh, crystals and what they do on the points of the body. And um, so mm-hmm. the one pendant here and. and um, gems on your hands and also you know precious metals and things uh, do you think do you think that crystals have a place to play for us during this time of 5g coming into into effect oh, it's, it's really such an amazing uh, question that because um, so uh, two steps back there's a do you know where Palaboya is Mm-mm. So Palaboa, I think it's, I, I don't know specifically ge- uh, geographically where it is, but I think it's in the n- northwest or something like that. But uh, it's it's in South Africa and the area is, re- is really well known for a type of crystal called magnetite. And so okay. magnetite is a really, really, a really, really interesting crystal because we actually have liquid magnetite in our brains that allows us to kind of align to the poles of the planet. It allows... It allows the physical being and the mind itself to um, find uh, like do you know how GPS tracking works where they try where they triangulate a, spe- a thing and so what it does is that metal in our brains allows us to triangulate with the North Pole the South Pole which is the magnetic fields of the planets not necessarily the physical location and uh, us as the third point and that allows us to be grounded and centered and so in Palaboa because there is such a strong or such a, a huge amount of this mineral, uh, which is naturally magnetic, it has a natural magnetism to it, it has actually affected the gravity there. So if you go to certain places in Palaboa, it is my understanding that if you stood on a scale there, you'd be a little bit heavier than you would be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and so it's really interesting because it is the magnetism uh, and gravity of the Earth that creates atmosphere. You know, there's a lot of other things in play, like the movements and all of that type of stuff, but those are two really important parts of it. And so when you talk about creating an electromagnetic field or an aura of a thing, uh, and you have such a simple example as a crystal like magnetite creating a denser gravity in a place, it always makes me think about uh, Dragon Ball Z, because in Dragon Ball Z they've got... um, this training room where they can, where you can like up the levels of gravity and you can get much stronger in that place. And so if there is a, a natural earth technologies that exists like this, 
then that would probably mean that in that area the the atmosphere is very different in, in terms of the radiation that it allows in so you know sunlight itself is a radiation there's different waves and vibrational levels of the radiation that comes from the sun and obviously it's the ultraviolet that burns us and so uh, i think uh, you know not obviously i'm not a scientist i do not know but i'm pretty sure um and it, you know this is this is the same type of concept that comes out of microwaves if you were to put yourself in a microwave you'd boil your insides because it's sending a certain frequency of radiation and so uh, when you talk about creating crystal grids to assist in the maintenance of these types of fields, then uh, you know if it can if it can affect the way that radiation from the sun comes down into our space, then I think it's very very plausible that you can use technologies. You know, you obviously have uh, people people have seen that you've got crystals that are for electromagnetic protection and that type of stuff. Things like bactomaline. Black tourmaline is amazing because um, it is something called pi it has uh, piezoelectricity, so it, it has the ability to conduct electricity in itself. And so tourmaline is a really beautiful stone when it comes to protection because uh, it works with transmuting the ions. You know, it changes the charge of the ions that are in the space. And so you know, I, I don't like to give any kind of factual information out because it's not necessarily 100% true. Because there's no, you know, in my belief, there's no real universal truth to the experience of a thing. Um, so you know, if you wanted to, you could grid your house in black tourmaline, and that could assist in transmuting the radiation that's coming into your space. You know, for me, I I feel like it's a real tender subject to get involved in, but uh, you know, don't give fear to things like that. So, you know, when you yeah. talk about one of the first crystals that everybody goes for, I used to work at Monte Cassino and we used to get hundreds of people through is protection, you know, psychic protection, all of these different types yeah. of things. And so yeah. I feel like that in itself, the teaching that exists within that magic is that you really have nothing to be afraid of. And the more that we seek to put extra layers of armor on ourselves through these technologies, the more we're actually encasing our fear rather than facing it. And so, uh, you know, we don't, we need to understand that this is not who I am. This is not who I am. And uh, every external experience that manifests in the reality is a creation that stems from whatever your perspective is that is creating the experience. You know, for me, I believe that there is this generation, this co-creation of a generated experience that we can all exist within. And the purpose of that is not necessarily to manipulate or control other people, though there is teaching in that. The purpose in it is to understand that what is manifesting is not out to get you, it's out to teach you. And so uh, many years ago, I had an experience with somebody that um, this person was perceived as somebody who worked with demonic entities and did a lot of uh, evil work, so to speak. And I'm so very grateful to this person because they've been one of my biggest teachers in my life. Um, because what ended up happening was, uh, you know, we had this I interaction and I started to get these dreams where these demonic entities were coming in on me and uh, I was starting to have to cleanse myself every day and you know these dreams really graphic dreams of mass murder and rape and all of this type of stuff was coming up and um so the 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 technologies that i had at hand at that time were all about reflecting that and you know sending it away and you know not necessarily sending it back like a lot of the shamanic traditions do but uh, sending it into the earth so that it can be transmuted and used um, in a beneficial way and so uh 
I was wearing uh, tourmalines and I was wearing obsidians and I was wearing all of these crystals for protection. And so what they all did was they actually took my power out of myself and put it into this external tool. And that mm. can be valuable because then there's no doubt of the self. There is this knowing that I am protected because of this thing. But for yeah. me, the teaching isn't necessarily to rely on the thing as a way of understanding that you're protected. It is a guidance in terms of getting to a place where you understand that you are always protected and that everything is happening to you all of the time is actually for your benefit and not necessarily for anything else. Mm. And so using those stones for protection, I actually allowed myself to become more afraid of this person, more intimidated by this person and actually angry at them to the point where I went and I physically confronted them and told them to fuck off. Um, and uh, and I kind of actually had to step back from that situation and understand in terms of where I was taking ownership and responsibility for this person's actions and where I was taking responsibility for my own actions in terms of how much fear I was generating through this, um, you know, this victim thing, like this is an evil person, I am a hero, save, you know? So there were so many dynamics that played out in it, but it was, you know, from the outside of that or the, the other end of the story and the learning, I come to understand that, you know, why? Why must I uh, shield myself with all of these layers when in actual fact everything that comes to me is still me teaching myself how to be more myself? And so rather than uh, fearing and dreading these dreams, I should have faced them and tried to understand what fear was trying to be expressed maybe what past life things maybe all of you know all of these different stories rather than oh i need to be afraid let's put on some armor and go to war mm. and so, so a long way around of your 5g question i feel like it's exactly the same thing you know we are getting radiated by everything all of the time so by just, you know the moon uh, by the by the other we, planets by everything you know there's so much radiation in the in the reality because radiation is just the vibration of light frequency that is bouncing off of stuff that's yeah. emitting from a space that's going everywhere so i think honestly like if we knew what kind of radiation was happening i mean the radiation that exists just for this physical vessel to be present here is so phenomenal well, we're coming up on the end almost, I think we're like two minutes and then this thing is going to um, crash. <laughs> but I just okay. want to say thank you very much for that uh, answer that you didn't uh, suggest crystals as, a, as um, a way, even though you, you promote crystals, because it is that. It really is that of bringing sovereignty back to your own being and finding ways that strengthen you. Um, and this goes with working, so it's to working with the crystals, working with nutrition to, to strengthen your body and strengthen the cells from the inner, inner level to actually radiate uh, a frequency that can help protect you rather than um, relying on these tools. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I feel, I feel like we should get rid of the word protect and have 